same old people That kind that'll sell your soul Trade it for a shining stone Ain't nothing in this life for free Running from the greatest evil Finally don't know me A man's gotta fight temptation Hello and welcome to the First and Ten podcast. Um, well, it's our final, final episode before the draft. Can't believe it's, can't believe we were here. Seems to have uh, started the ages ago. But joining me, we got Lee Wakefield. How are you, Lee? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Yeah, really excited that it's this close to the draft now. Obviously, we can say that you know it's less than, less than a week away. Um, what will it be? We'll be into day two, won't we? This time next week. So uh, you know we would have been able to get some reaction from the first round. And be looking at the names at the top of the board for who uh, you know, the likes of the Cardinals and the 49ers are going to pick it right at the start of day two. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah seems to have really flown by doing these, and yeah, I can't believe we're well we're doing our mock draft today. Mm. So this well our only mock draft. So this is uh, going to be a pretty fun one. So what we're going to do? We're going to take take turns uh, making picks. Oh, he's made one little swap, so we're picking our own teams, but, you know, that's not too big a deal. Um, we're going to do this, just so people know, we're going to do it as um, we think will happen, not necessarily what we would do. So, mm. you know, if these picks are crazy, it's basically Dave Gettleman's fault, really. So, <laughs> like, um, yeah, so that's, well, I guess that's pretty much it, isn't it? I think that sort of covers it. Oh, we're gonna, not going to do any trades because, you know... We'd be here for about eighteen hours if we were going to make some <laughs> trades, but you know, if we think a team might look to trade trade down, we might just mention it before. But yeah, we're going to pick sort of as is right now, and yeah, just go from there. So, well, I suppose we might as well just get straight into it and uh, at number one. So yeah, you're picking number one for the Cardinals. Yeah, so uh, obviously the Cardinals. Um, I think we've pretty much both come into agreement, and I think quite a lot of the people sort of in the NFL media and sort of fans have come to the sort of consensus and the agreement that Kyler Murray is going to go number one uh, and obviously since we're doing this as as we think it's going to happen that's obviously where I'm going to go not necessarily where I would go uh, you know as we said you know but yeah definitely I'm 99% sure that on Thursday night Kyler Murray is going to be an Arizona Cardinal yeah it it just doesn't make sense any other way really I think <laughs> I feel like at this stage, I think you can pretty much rule out the whole bluff thing because you know nothing's really happened on that front, has it? So, yeah, not really. No, I mean the the thing to watch out for is you know if if someone does actually you know take the bait and trade up, um, or you know where Josh Rosen's going to go because obviously if they if they get to being on the clock and they've not traded Josh Rosen, they take Kyle Murray, he becomes worthless. I think we might have mentioned this. When we're doing our quarterback rundown, we're going to be talking about Kyler. But um, so yeah, I'm looking. That's the big thing that I'm looking out for: movement on the Josh Rosen front over the next few days. To be honest with you, I mean, it might be right up until the last second. It might be right when the Cardinals are on the clock. But yeah, that's that's and it, obviously that becomes more exciting because that's going to alter the way that people look at quarterbacks in this draft. If it's a draft needy, a quarterback needy team that takes Josh Rosen off the Cardinals' hands. Or if it's someone you know, like one of our teams who doesn't necessarily need him, uh, which means there's more of a premium on the you know, likes of Dwayne Haskins. Obviously, that we'll get to later. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's. I feel like that's the big story, probably leading up to the draft, isn't it? Before draft night, is where what happens with Josh Rosen, really? Yeah, yeah, for definite. And then, like I say, I think that's going to be right up until the last minute. They're going to give themselves as much time to to make that move because obviously, I think the the end the end goal, I think, is something to trade up maybe San Francisco. To bluff that they want Bosa move up one spot and then they can still take Murray anyway. Plus get the picks. I think that's the that's the the ideal scenario for the Cardinals. To be honest, yeah, I think. Hey, I'm sorry, I know we don't trade, but I feel like a lot of these teams at the top of the draft would quite like to trade back if they could find someone. But sort of finding someone to do it with, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. 
it, I think for, for yeah for the likes of like maybe the top five, they would all consider trading back at least. Yeah. But then it's finding a trade partner who will trade up, and yeah. I, for trading up, there's not a lot of people who are necessarily say definitely want to trade up. I mean, there's a few further down the line, but they've got a long way to come up to get a quarterback. Yeah. You know, the likes of the Dolphins or uh, the Bengals, perhaps. Um, but the, it's going to be the way the board the board falls on the night, and yeah. that's that's going to you know, make people f- trade up for and reach for need really and players that they really want. So it's going to be more sort of on the fly for trade up really. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. Well, so I think number one's pretty nailed on. I think number two's a pretty safe bet as well, really. <laughs> I think, yeah, the 49ers at number two. I think they're taking Nick Bosa. I mean, I think he's the perfect player for them. And I think, I think in an, if they, even if they're at number one, I think he, they're taking him there. So, yeah, I think Nick Bosa is the it's such an easy pick. I don't think there's any real concerns about him. Maybe some stuff off the field, uh, well, like views, I guess, is more is uh, more the thing that's come out in the last... I don't know, a couple of weeks or however yeah. long it's been. But yeah, other than that, I don't think that's going to see him drop or anything like that. And yeah, number two, Nick Bosa, I think it's pretty safe to say. Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty much a lot. I think we can lock in one and two. Yeah. Just on the views, I think there's quite a lot of people in the NFL who will probably follow the same views. So I don't think that's yeah. going to be an issue for a lot yeah. of people in the NFL, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think um, Nick Bosa's uh, side of things is a big issue for, well, owners in particular, is it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but I mean... That, we shouldn't really bring that that sort of thing into this sort of thinking anyway. To be honest with you, no, he's not like a he's not a bad character, and no, people's political exactly. views and, and otherwise shouldn't really come into it unless they are like really egregious. Yeah, uh, which you know we can we can sort of start another podcast about that if you like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, sure. yeah, but there, that's uh, there won't be many yeah. players left in the league with that. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I think he's the perfect player. Like you say, uh, he'll he'll really improve the Fortnite's defence and um, yeah, just feels a massive need as well. So yeah, I think that, like you say, just lock that one and two in if that's the way it's going to go down. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah, moving on to three with the Jets. Um, and this is one team who I do think want to trade down if they can find a trade partner uh, in the next few days or on the night who really want to jump up someone's in love with someone that maybe the Raiders think they're in love with as well. I think the Jets would quite like to, to make that move, but obviously yeah, we're not sure. doing that in this scenario. So I've got a bit of a quandary on my hands, I feel. I've got potentially, you know, a lot, in a lot of people's eyes, the best player in the draft in Quinn and Williams on the board. Uh, but it doesn't really, it's not really a need because the Jets yeah. have spent a lot of a lot of draft capital in the past on interior defensive line. So, I'm, you know, as much as he's a great player, I'm going to go for Josh Allen because it feels like a much bigger need. Edge is... You know, the Jets haven't had an edge rusher for the past decade, it seems, since John Abraham. So, you know, you've got to get the premier edge rusher, edge rusher after Bosa, and that's Josh Allen to me. So I'm going to take Josh Allen at three for the Jets. Yeah, I, I really like that pick for them. And, yeah, I think I think that is... That's the way I would have gone if I was making a pick. So, mm. yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, as much as the Jets would like to trade, I don't think they've sort of been worse off by taking Josh Allen, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like Allen, I think. Whoever ends up with him is going to end up a really good player. So, yeah, take him at three. I think I feel like he's a pretty safe pick there as well. So, yeah, we'll see how that yeah. plays out. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, number four, I think oh, probably a team that's probably the, like the least predictable, I guess, in this uh, draft. Because, I mean, if, if someone's going to trade up, you would sort of assume it's going to end up being the Raiders if someone is going to trade with the Cardinals, wouldn't you? But, yeah, oh, I don't I don't know if they actually pull it off come, before, like, come the draft. But, yeah, say so picking at four. So, I think it's quite a tough one because you know they've got a lot of knees out there haven't they but mm. yeah I think at four if they can get Quinn and Williams then I think they'll be very happy with that there and yeah I think Quinn and Williams goes to the Raiders at four 
Yeah, I think with the, with the trading, just going back to that, what you were just saying, I think because everyone knows that the Raiders have got such capital, I really think that you know people want that that extra first rounder, one of their yeah. twenty picks, and they're just probably not going to be willing to to take that. To be honest with you, no, they probably shouldn't do it either. I don't think to no. make that move. No, I mean, you know, they should, they should, they're, they're a bad team, you know, they've got lots of holes in their roster, as you said, and they should use their three picks, in my opinion, they should use their three picks to get three good players and, yeah. and improve their team that way, because obviously first round picks are obviously way more valuable, and obviously you can add in the, the second round pick that they've got early on as well, and that's essentially four first rounders. Yeah, for a team with as many needs as the Raiders, if they're going to trade one way, it should be down, not up, I think, and acquire some extra picks if they're going to do anything, but yeah, I think stick at four and pick. Yeah, what yeah, might be the best player in the draft. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and for them as well, just on the trading down, like Quinnen's not is as great as a player as he is. Like they they spent two picks on interior defensive line last year. Yeah. So they don't really have a great need. They have more of a need on the edge. So if someone who, you know later on down the line thinks you know they want Quinnen Williams, they could be a trade down partner for the Raiders to trade back and give someone Quinn Williams for you know an extra few picks. To be fair, which yeah, wouldn't sure. be a bad strategy because then they could no, use them to move up later on to. Get someone who they really like. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that move. Well, who got number five? So number five for me. I mean, it seems like the board that we have got now is going to fall pretty much the way I've been seeing it for quite a while. But it's it feels like it's locked in, and I'm I'm going to take Devin White for the for the books because I think they've got that massive need at linebacker. Um, you know, they've they've lost Quan Alexander. And they, they need that tone setter. They need Devin White, I think, uh, to come in and be that new school breed of linebacker. And obviously, they're going to that 3 4 uh, defense. And uh, yeah, they need an extra linebacker now because now, they've been playing 4 3 base for quite a while. Um, so then, you know, if they could pick up on the premier, if not the premier linebacker in the class, that's obviously a big boon for them on defense. Yeah, yeah, I think. I, I, I like that pick and I think yeah that is exactly where I think they will end up going as well I think this is I think this is one this is one of them where I feel like it's what they should do and what they probably will end up doing as well mm. so yeah I like that pick a lot yeah um, as much as as much as sort of doing this exercise I mean that is potentially you know us throwing bits of spanners in the works but I do think this top five is almost locked in yeah yeah I feel like it's it's, it's only going to be trades that market, I, feel like, I feel like if these five teams pick here, mm. then I think it's a pretty, yeah, pretty safe top five. Yeah, yeah, same. Well, number six, and well, quite. A, I think I think we mentioned it on one of the podcasts maybe a couple of weeks ago that this is maybe the spot that sort of sort of makes sort of sets the uh, I don't know I can't think what the words are now, but sort of sets sets how the rest of the draft goes. Yeah, and yeah, well, what's worrying me and well, worrying me? I'm not that bothered if they do it, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of these latest mock drafts I see are from people that probably know quite a lot. Mm. I've seen Daniel Jones taken at this pick a few times, and well, it'd be an absolute disaster a pick in my opinion. But <laughs> well, it's whether they do it or not. But I think for this, yeah, I've got a weird feeling they do it. And oh yeah, wow, I'm taking Daniel Jones at number six to the New York Giants because that is that's going to put the cat amongst the pigeons. Isn't yeah, it, if that does happen. I absolutely hate the pick, but there's been people that I think know a lot better than me mentioning it and making that pick in a lot of mock drafts. Like Jeremiah's latest mock drafts got it. I think Evan mm. Silver, who's done quite well in these sort of mock drafts in the past, they've both got him going there. And you know, I, there was something. Yes, I can't think who 
posted it, but basically that one team's got him as their number one quarterback on the board. And yeah, he said, I you saw know that. who it is. And well, I think we know that that's probably the Giants. But yeah, it. I think crazy got, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it'd happened. be a dreadful pick, but you know, <laughs> Dave Gettleman. I'll never. I will never think, and he's not capable of anything this bad. So yeah, I'm taking <laughs> Daniel Jones with perhaps the worst pick in the draft. Imagine, imagine passing on all those quarterbacks last year. Yeah. To then take Daniel Jones six overall when you yeah. had the second overall. I mean, uh, you know, and it's in a vacuum because obviously Saquon Barkley is a great player. But imagine passing on yeah. well every every quarterback apart from Baker Mayfield last year yeah, to take Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's mad. Baker's belief. It's say it's more that thing. I never thought it was possible until about two days ago when <laughs> so obviously more and more talk about it and yeah, I think it'd be. Absolutely dreadful, and it'd be something absolutely terrible. But yeah, I've got a weird feeling they do something dreadful and awful, and that would, that, <laughs> I think that would very much fit into that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's it's one of those things, isn't it, where you, you get these rooms at this time just before the draft, where you know someone really starts to build pace, yeah. uh, you know, towards this pick, and yeah, it's that's that seems sort of what is gathering pace. To be honest with you, so yeah, can't can't disagree with that too much. <laughs> as as bad as I agree with you, it's going to be yeah. you know, a bad bad pick if that does go down. Yeah, I don't think if we if we were doing this draft a different way and we were doing it how we think it would be, I don't even think he goes in the first round. Is, oh no, no, I think, no, absolutely not. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't be taking him. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't either. So, no, no, <laughs> yeah, definitely but, not. But yeah, number six, the Giants, Daniel Jones. So number seven for the Jags. So I'm thinking two ways that the Jags can go. Uh, I don't think there's too much on the table apart from these two areas. I think they either go tackle, offensive tackle that is, or they go edge. I don't think there's there's much two ways, and I'm edging towards edge defender to be honest with you. So who am I thinking about? I'm thinking about maybe Rishan Gary. Obviously, again, one player that I wouldn't be picking at 7th yeah. overall, certainly. Uh, or I'm thinking of Montez Sweat. Because I think the Jags kind of go for these sort of bigger, beefier linemen, as opposed to like speed guys. Obviously, yeah. they tried the speed guy with Dante Fowler a few years ago. And obviously, he doesn't play for the team anymore. You know, when you think of like the sort of players that they have had, like Malik Jackson, who's not there anymore. Obviously, he's an inside guy, but obviously a big, tall, strong. And then Calais Campbell, obviously giant of a man. So I think they're going to go that way again, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, you know, that's going to draw me towards Montez Sweat, to be fair. I think he's sort of carrying more into the combine. Uh, after the combine, sorry, uh, than Gary. I think Gary's sort of trending downwards after you know being well thought of for like quite a long time. But I think Montez Sweat is... Is uh, going to be my pick here at number seven. Yeah, I like that pick, and well, I thought I was about to pick him at eight, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's made it hard harder for me there. But yeah, I, I really like him, and I think he seems to have had sort of a few concerns, doesn't he, about these health issues and stuff? Mm. But yeah, I don't think it's really going to affect it come draft night, and yeah, I think that's it doesn't. For them. It doesn't seem to be as much made of it as Maurice Hurst last year. No. I don't. I don't know the exact details. I've not seen like a lot of details yeah, released about it. But teams don't seem that concerned. People who report on these sort of things don't don't seem that sort of concerned. But yeah. swear, I've seen him go in the first round, like quite early. Again, Detroit is a very very popular pick. Um, yeah. You know, as you were about to make, and yeah. you know, if people are reporting that, and you know, it's, it's at this late stage, I don't think it's a problem for teams. To be honest with you, so I don't see him sort of dropping much further than seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a sort of a good area for him to go and probably where he will from draft night. Yeah, it, make, it makes it harder for me at eight, so I thought that was where I was going to go. <laughs> but um, I think I think the Lions are maybe a team that 
could sort of move both ways. I think I could see him moving up if they uh, really like someone, but yeah, I could see him moving back in this spot if they really needed to. But yeah, at eight, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know which way to go because I think the way that um, they want to run that offense isn't necessarily they haven't necessarily got the players to do it right now. So mm. I think I might go for a tight end there that can do a bit of everything, and because I think they want to run the ball, and I think. Hawkinson in particular can help them in that side and help in the passing game or the type of passing game they want. So, yeah, I'm going probably a bit of a... Well, maybe not a reach because I love him, but... Mm. Yeah, I'm going TJ Hawkinson at eight. For I think it's a really good pick. Yeah, I think he helps them do everything that they want to do in the on offense. And, yeah, I think he's such a good player and I think he's going to be a star in the league. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, obviously, you've got Matt Patricia there. Obviously, now he's just come from the Patriots who obviously he's a defensive guy, but obviously he's lived with, uh, well, not lived with literally, but he's been on the team with someone like Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. And I see you know a lot of similarities in the way they play. Obviously, Hawkinson's an all-round tight end. He can help out in the run game. And I think Matt Patricia will draw those parallels. So I, yeah, think that's, sure. I think that's a really good pick. And like you say, that's the way they want to kind of work their team and work their with their offence. Yeah, it, feels, it might feel a bit early to take a tight end at eight, but I think Hawkinson is a player worthy of that pick and I think yeah suits the team I think there's so much about it to like if mm. they take him there so yeah I think number eight Lions Hawkinson I like that pick yeah no I like it um, I think the the Bills would would like that pick as well to be honest with you so you, yeah. you've kind of done what I just did to you a little while a little <laughs> bit because uh, that would have been something that was in my consideration yeah. Um, so I did a mock draft for the five-yard rush a few weeks ago now, and I actually picked for the Buffalo Bills because the charges were already taken uh, in that. And I actually took Hawkinson in that draft. Uh, and in my rundown, I kind of said that uh, you know when I was explaining the pick, I kind of said the the sort of what the mission for the Bills this off season is they want to either protect Josh Allen or give him some weapons. And I kind of thought Hawkinson did both of those things because obviously he's a good blocker and all round, uh, you know, good player, good tight end. Um, so obviously I'm going to be along the same lines still. So I'm, I'm again thinking either tackle or offensive line because obviously they've done a lot of work on their offensive line. They could have a completely different offensive line than last year, yeah. um, which kind of makes me edge away from that. So I'm thinking I'm going to go for a pass catcher, uh, which brings me towards DK Metcalf. Obviously he's my number one. Uh, wide receiver on my board, and I think uh, you know I think he's going to be really highly thought of in the league as well. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to give Josh Allen a big target, uh, a downfield target. You know he, he can obviously launch the ball a very long way. Um, whether it'll be near Metcalf is a different story, <laughs> but obviously he's going to give Metcalf speed a little bit of a you know he's, he's going to be able to throw it underneath him. Uh, sorry, he's going to be able to get underneath the ball. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go that way, and I'm going to give um, Josh Allen a best friend to work with for the next decade. Yeah, I, I like this one here. And then, so I think maybe Metcalf's weaknesses are saying there wouldn't be such a big deal playing with Josh Allen because, you know, he's not going to throw it where he probably needs to be anyway or is supposed to be anyway. So if his <laughs> routes aren't that great, then it's not such a big deal with a quarterback like Allen, is it? You mm. just want someone who can, yeah, if he can just throw it deep to him, then, yeah, that could be a big weapon for them there. And, yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they'd have then they'd have uh, Metcalf and John Brown, obviously, with a lot of speed, and then they could have Zay Jones working out the slot and Cole Beasley working out the slot, uh, you know, working underneath. 
so yeah you've you've got kind of a bit of variation there um and obviously you've got some some older players like Cole Beasley and John Brown um, and some younger players as well. So you've got quite a nice mixture there. Not the not the greatest quality receivers, but a nice mixture nonetheless. Yeah. And obviously if Metcalf develops into you know the receiver that he could be, um, you know, it's gonna be a star for Buffalo. So like you say, grow up with the grow up with the quarterback that they have. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a good pick and yeah, say so they're doing everything they can to help him and yeah, certainly a pick that does that. Yeah. I say well, on to ten. I think I think this is t- quite a tough pick because well, yeah, they say the Broncos. I think I don't know. The instinct, I guess, is that they take Drew Locke, but <laughs> well, I mean, I, it, it seems almost too obvious a pick to me. But um, <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about it for quite a while, it seems, and you know, yeah. Elway seems to be infatuated with him, or that seems to be the rumor at least. Yeah, he, he's a very Elway quarterback, isn't he? Very. And, yeah, super. I mean, I mean, I don't think. Well, obviously, they've traded for Joe Flacco, but I don't think he's any sort of long-term solution. So. Yeah, I think it seems too obvious a pick, and I guess sometimes when it's that obvious a pick, I mean, you just have to do it. And yeah, <laughs> Drew Lock at ten to the Broncos, and well, perhaps a uh, well, in my opinion, I think another another bust of a first round pick for the uh, <laughs> Broncos at quarterback. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, he's he's in the same sort of mold that Elway has gone for repeatedly. But, you know, Elway doesn't do himself any favours. He's kind of said in the media that he's going to keep swinging until he gets it right. So yeah. it does lead you towards thinking that these things are going to happen. And, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. And obviously, as a Chargers fan, I'd be jumping for joy, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you, because I'm not a huge fan of Drew Locke. And, you know, he's not going to play for you. So he's not going to make the Broncos any better, I don't think, immediately. Which obviously is good for us. So I'd, I'd be quite happy with that, <laughs> to be honest yeah, with you, so- in, the, in the most snide way possible. Yeah, I think I think there's other ways they could go, but yeah, this just seems too obvious a pick to pass up on to me. And mm. well, yeah, it's not a pick I like. Again, a bit like the Giants one, it's not a pick I like. But I don't know, it just feels like the way it's going, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think like it, it is one of those things that you know, like the top five. You think it's going to happen? It's kind of like yeah, that's that's kind of a done deal. There's a few of those picks now that. Uh, there'd be maybe yeah. a couple further down the line that we'll talk about that are in the same vein, really, that I just think, like, yeah, that's, that's it. I'd be really shocked if that doesn't happen now. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, moving on to the Bengals. So, if, if the board fell like this, um, obviously with a couple of quarterbacks off the board now, well, three, in fact, yeah. um, and obviously, you know, it's not shocking because obviously quarterbacks do sort of move up, especially late on in the process. And I think this would this would be a spot where now with Dwayne Haskins on the board, this would be the the, the spot where the Bengals would be fielding quite a few calls. Yeah. From teams that are thinking, damn, you know, we've we've got three down and one to go essentially. You know, from the the top sort of echelon of quarterbacks in this draft. Um, you know, Miami could be one, uh, and then a few later down the line, maybe the Redskins, sort of less maybe. less needy. The Redskins, exactly, yeah. another one, and then kind of like yeah, the teams that are sort of less needy. Um, you know, maybe like I don't know, the the Steelers, perhaps. Um, yeah, I was going to say the Seahawks if they didn't keep Russell Wilson, but obviously that is that's now gone. Yeah. Um, if he got traded away, um, and you know maybe not the Chargers and things like that, so they're moving up too much. Maybe if they he drops a little bit more, but anyway, Dwayne Haskins. So um, I think the Bengals are kind of a sneaky quarterback team actually, and I think yeah. I'm going to take him. I think this is sort of uh-huh. one that's gained a bit of traction over the last few days and weeks that, that, that Haskins could be a sort of sneaky lock to go to the Bengals, and obviously with. With with three off the board already, the Bengals have got to act. They've got to say now or never, and I, I don't think they're 
so infatuated with uh, with Andy Dalton anymore. No. And obviously, with new head coach comes new quarterback a lot of the time, and I think that's the way they'll go. I think they'll reject all those calls from yeah, the likes of Miami and the Redskins, and take take Haskins themselves. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the case. I think maybe even if then a couple of quarterbacks don't go before now, before eleven, I think Haskins sort of fits with the Bengals maybe. And mm. yeah, I think I think they could take Haskins regardless. And yeah, I think they seem to have a lot of faith in this new coaching staff, don't they? And I think they're going to give them. Sort yeah. of give them a chance to do what they want to do with it. So yeah, and get a new quarterback or their their pick of a quarterback in would yeah make a lot of sense there. Yeah, and they, they you know after this season, I think Dalton can be let go for you know I don't think it's going to hurt them financially to let Dalton go after this season. So it, it's something that's kind of like the stars are aligning a little bit, and they can get Haskins in for a year, sit him, and you know let him learn learn how to be a pro. Which obviously will do him some good, I think, because I think he should have gone back to Ohio State. And I said this when we were doing our quarterback run through. Um, so yeah, it could be an ideal situation, and obviously Zach Taylor gets his, yeah. his quarterback to work with for the future. But obviously another th- another aspect of this, obviously four going in the top ten, is now there's a lot of good players on the board who your people in the teens are sort of licking their lips about. Yeah, yeah, there's some well, there's some good players left on this board here, and yeah, well, I guess the Packers in this situation would be pretty happy with some of the players they got to pick from. So there's some good players out there, and you know they're a team with a few needs out there, aren't they? Mm. But um, yeah, it's a tough one because yeah, there's a few players that they a few different ways they could go here. I think, but oh, I don't know. There's mm, this is oh, I don't know which way to go here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've, there's a few players. I think well, maybe they could help um, Rogers on the off- on offense, but I think that probably comes with their second pick in the first round, sort of towards the end of the end of the first round. I think that's more where they do something there. So yeah, I'm thinking more defense and. I mean, you've got obviously there's still some good players on that on that board, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think they might go linebacker, and I think Devin Bush, I think yeah, Devin Bush, I think he fits nicely there, and yeah, I think it's the way. I think I think it's defense, but I'm just not sure which way. But yeah, I'm going Devin Bush, and yeah, a player I quite like, and I think the Packers will be happy to get him there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like he's one of those people that's dropped. He's been he's been talked about. You know, it's a potentially top ten pick. Uh, you know, with with the Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Broncos being teams that he's linked with quite often, but yeah, no, they've the Packers have got that need in there. Um, yeah. They need sort of a, a partner for Blake Martinez, I guess, um, in their in the, in the middle of their linebacking core. And yeah, it'd be a really nice pick for the Packers to take Devin Bush at twelve. Yeah, I think he'd fit well there, and yeah, I think he'd really do well on that defense. Yeah, so yeah, tough pick. I think they can go a lot of different ways, the Packers, but yeah. That's why I'm going for them here. Mm. Yeah, no, especially like you say, especially with the the board falling the way it is. Yeah. So yeah, onto uh, onto the Dolphins at 13, and obviously they've missed out on quarterback, so they've got to look at other other ways, other ways to perhaps protect Ryan Fitzpatrick. And obviously they, they they're sort of building for 2020 draft. I don't think the Dolphins would be that disappointed if they missed out on a quarterback. To be honest with you, because obviously they're gonna try and tank and try and get sort of a high top five pick at least for next year when there's some better quarterback options on on offer uh, which obviously means you've got to kind of put the cornerstones in place for you know that next quarterback to come in and that means building up your offensive line giving him some weapons and building up some defense and that's where the way i think that the dolphins will go uh, throughout this draft to be honest with you so obviously we're going to go for the offensive line i think i think that's the way they're going to go um if the board fell this way they've got left tackle larry tunsil He's kind of on a make and break, um, and they probably need another bookend to go there. And 
the my number one tackle is still on the board here, and if the board fell like this, I think Juwan Taylor would be the pick. Yeah. He's a natural right tackle to Tunsil's left, so it wouldn't be playing someone out of position or in a place where they're not going to be familiar with after college. Uh, and that gives them, like you say, two nice tackles. They've got Daniel Kilgore uh, at centre, and then they probably just need to find a couple of guards over the next season or two uh, to kind of solidify that offensive line in front of their new quarterback next year. So yeah, Juwan Taylor, and that's a big bargain for me at 13. He's you know a big uh, player that's really high on my board, and uh, like I say, my number one tackle. Yeah, I think yeah, I think at that spot, I think they'd be very happy to get in there. Like, I'm not convinced they would be taking the quarterbacks anyway, even if it fell, if a few, if a couple of them fell down this far, just because I think they seem very much all in on 2020, don't they? The mm-hmm. quarterbacks in that draft, but yeah, it's yeah, I think this is a good move and well, sort of starts that rebuild now, doesn't it? And sort of helps protect whichever quarterback they end up getting, whether it's this year or next year. So yeah, yeah like definitely. The, it's, it's difficult, like offensive line's like a difficult position to play in the NFL and obviously starting a new quarterback who's a rookie along with rookie offensive linemen is not asking for trouble but obviously you're leaving yourself open to more mistakes and more errors and more teaming problems. So you know, having someone like Taylor who is a top prospect, having a year under his belt to then protect your new franchise quarterback perhaps is you know, it's something that you kind of moving away from more danger in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, well, on to um, the Falcons now, and well, I think, I think at this spot, I think they're perhaps one that could move up for a player. But yeah, I think if they got here, I think yeah, I think they'd absolutely be delighted to take Ed Oliver at fourteen. I think, I think he'd do. I think he, I'd say I think they would love to get him, and yeah, maybe they might even move up for him depending on how it played out. But yeah, I think he's such a good player, and you know he's got well people compare him to like Aaron Donald but I don't think he's that sort of that good but I think his production's pretty amazing and yeah mm. I think he's such a good player and there's so much to like about him and if you can get him at 14 sort of the way this has played out with them quarterbacks it throws some of these players down and mm. yeah I think at 14 he'd be an absolute bargain and yeah I think they'd love to take him there yeah definitely I think he's a hand and glove fit you've got Oliver who's kind of a a smaller three technique and then you compare him up with JD uh, Grady Jarrett uh, who's obviously like a bigger sort of run stuffer, but also has that pass uh, pass rush ability, and then obviously you've got some uh, edge players who've got some speed as well in Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley. Uh, Beasley maybe on his last chance, so maybe edge would be another direction they could go. But I think I think Oliver would be the pick in this scenario, and uh, yeah, it would be a really really good pick for the Falcons at fourteen. Okay, yeah. So um, after that, let's jump into the Redskins. Um, so I think. One thing that Redskins have got to look at is their wide receiver room is dreadful. Uh, you know, when you're relying on Josh Doxon, who is borderline bust territory, if not already, uh, and Paul Richardson, who you know wasn't on the field last year at all, you've got to try and get someone in there. And obviously, they just as we were talking about the Dolphins sort of preparing for next next their next quarterback. The Redskins are obviously going to be doing the same. And like I've been talking about with the Bills earlier on with my pit, you've got to give a wide receiver and a quarterback a sort of relationship and let them grow up together a little bit, I feel. And one wide receiver who I think has been sort of rising up the draft boards, especially since the draft, is Hakeem Butler. Uh, so I'm going to go there. Uh, I think his size and, and length gives sort of quarterbacks a sort of bigger margin of error because obviously he's got that big catch radius. Uh, you know, if, if a wide receiver can go up and get a ball, uh, it's good in the red zone. And it gives you that sort of margin of error with your throws because you, you, the wide receiver can go and get it and make it a better throw than it is. Um, so he's kind of a, 
an inaccurate quarterback's like best friend almost in that sense. So I think Hakeem Butler would be my pick there for the Redskins if if the board falls this way. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a good pick, and obviously they're a candidate to trade up if uh, mm. depend on how things play out. But yeah, I think they're they're probably one of the interesting teams that middle of that first round because. I think they could do a lot of different things, whether it's moving up, but and obviously the one that's going to be mentioned probably with um, Josh Rosen because, uh, mm. well, yeah, well they need a quarterback, don't they, really? I know they've yeah. got a couple there, but they're not the quarterbacks of the future for them, are they? And No, absolutely not. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they're one that could do a lot of things, but yeah, I like that pick a lot, and yeah, I think yeah, you've got to help, whether it's a quarterback this time or a quarterback in the future, yeah, you've got to get some help. Mm. Um, well, at 16, we've got the Panthers, and well, I think, to me, I think it's offensive line. I think that's just the way they've got to go. It feels like, feels like forever they've been searching for somebody to <laughs> help protect on that line. And so there's a few different options. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, oh, I don't, yeah oh, I don't know which way to go with this one. But, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I, think, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's offensive line. It's just which person on yeah, I think, the I think offensive right. line. And uh, I'd, I'm... Yeah, I'm going to go for Jonah Williams from Alabama and just, well, I love his Excel sheets, obviously, that have come out this yeah. week. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I think I think there's a few good players on uh, on this offensive, sorry, from its offensive line left. And yeah, I think whichever way they go, I think it's going to be in that sort of department. And yeah, I think that's the pick they make there at 16. And I think they need to do something to help protect and Obviously, Cam's got these the shoulder injury now and all that stuff, and yeah, they've got to do a bit more to help him out, haven't they? And yeah, I think offensive lines are where they go, and yeah, Jonah Williams for me there. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's a good pick. Like you say, you've got to protect Cam Newton. He's got dodgy shoulders now, and obviously, you, you can't sort of let your franchise quarterback be hit so often that his his shoulders don't, don't deteriorate. Because obviously, that's his throwing, and you know that's his career. If that, yeah. If that's if he's unable to perform, and then you you search for another quarterback because you can't protect him, and obviously, that's going to set your franchise back a few years. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I like that pick. I think John Williams is really good. That that thing that came out about your spreadsheets, I thought that was really amazing. Yeah. Um, that's uh, really good preparation. Yeah. And yeah, you kind of like. I wish I'd kind of known that before I talked about um, our <laughs> offensive lineman because yeah. that's something that would really have sort of vaulted him up my board a little bit. Well, it's just such a good sign, just in terms of like work ethic and that sort of side mm. of things, isn't it? It's just such a good thing to see, and yeah, very encouraging sign from any player you were ever going to draft if he's doing that sort of preparation. And yeah, I think that's yeah. something you would love to see in a player you're drafting. No, absolutely. Uh, I think yeah, it's it, it's the uh, yeah he's doing sort of pro pro things already, isn't he? You yeah. Know? And that's going to be really impressive for any team that sort of gets him in the meeting room or you know gets him gets him uh, sort of in front of the whiteboard beforehand. Yeah, for sure. So onto the Giants at seventeen, um, and you know I think what they should do at six yeah. is go edge <laughs> but obviously yeah. we didn't do that and we, we, we've got Daniel Jones which obviously like we've, we've been through and think it's a possibility um, so we've got a couple of decent edge rushers on the board uh, we've got Brian Burns and Rashawn Gary who's obviously quite well thought of and I think in real life um, I think that Rashawn Gary would go here I think it's someone who the NFL is going to be higher on than, than we certainly are and that yeah. I certainly am uh, but I think the, the slide would kind of halt and Rashawn Gary would be a giant nice I'd say, obviously, we had the gallery discussion, didn't we, in, <laughs> on that podcast and that episode. Mm. So, yeah, I think I'm higher on him than you are. And obviously, I like this pick here. And I mean, 
in some ways, these picks should maybe like if someone was going to go six out of the two picks they made, then I think Gary's probably more more of a six pick than Daniel mm. Jones ever is. But yeah, I think they get their edge rusher eventually. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I think he's a player that I don't know. For me, he's just quite unique and a player I do like there. But yeah, I think it's well, have we shown he's going to split opinion and but mm, someone will like sure. him and yeah, I think seventeen's probably that sort of sweet spot for where he's going to go. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I like I like the fit there in terms of like a realistic, you know, what the Giants might do. And yeah, I mean, like you say, he's going to split opinion, um, but he's he's got to get in there and show show everyone what he's about now and get some production because New York definitely need an edge rusher. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, on to the Vikings at eighteen, and I say a bit like the Panthers. I think they have to put some investment into that offensive line because. Well, last season that was half the problem for um, mm. Cousins, wasn't it? That well, it wasn't wasn't getting much side of throw, and it wasn't helping anything yeah. there. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just which way they go, and yeah, I'm going uh, Garrett Bradbury into centre. Okay. I think, yeah, I think he's going to help like that. that line, and I think they have, I think they sort of have to make a move there and do something to help out on that line. It's just whether they maybe go a different route of it, but I think it's going to be some on the line, a bit like the Panthers. I think. It's just got to be some investment there, and yeah, that's my pick. I think he's a good player, and oh, I don't know. People seem to love him as well, don't they? And I think he's a very safe pick at eighteen, and a player that's really going to help him out. Yeah, super safe pick. Um, obviously, they got Pat Elfline, who they drafted in, who's a centre. But you know, you can sort of make them interchangeable. Yeah. It kind of solidifies your interior offensive line. You know, which, whichever way you want to put them, uh, Bradbury's going to be a good guard or a centre, whichever yeah. way you cut it. And yeah, we, we saw at the end of the last season, didn't we? Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins arguing on the sideline <laughs> yeah. about protection or holding on to the ball too long. And it, like you say, it's just a, an investment that they have to make. They've guaranteed Kirk Cousins all that money. Yeah. They obviously want him to be sort of the quarterback that leads them to success over the next couple of years and you know you've got to give him time to do his do his thing he's he's a good quarterback uh, but he's not great under pressure no. and uh, you know yeah so you've got to, you've got to make this pick and maybe double down later on down the line for another yeah. offensive lineman maybe a tackle if you're going to go interior at 18 yeah I think I think they'll go one way or the other and yeah pick up another one later just whether they go a tackle here or interior but yeah I, 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 I think they have to do it and a bit like we say with a um, draft no quarterback I think you need to give them help and They've they've invested so much in cousins that they have to at least try and make it work. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh, so yeah, I, could, I think that's another position that you can uh, not maybe not a player that you can lock in, but definitely a position that you yeah. can kind of lock in that the Vikings would go offensive line. Uh, you know, especially if it felt like this and it, it wasn't something really weird that happened where loads of offensive linemen went like yeah. super early. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think that for sure. So it brings me onto the clock with the Titans. Um, I think you know they've they've not got a crazy amount of needs. Like the Titans are a weird weird one for me. They if you look at their depth chart, you you kind of like go yeah it's okay. You know they've not really got any glaring needs, but obviously they're not like a great team. No. So you kind of like need to maybe build strength on strength. And one player that I really liked last year was uh, Harold Landry, who somehow lasted to the second round as a, a pass rusher. Uh, and obviously he's sort of work, working into the rotation for uh, the Titans and they signed Cameron Wake which you know is a short term solution obviously he's coming to the end of his career but he's still quite productive so I think you've got to kind of build on that Cameron Wake's like you know like say a short term solution and they need to get sort of Landry another edge rusher to sort of you know build with and become a partnership with obviously you know getting one good edge rusher is great but to get two kind of makes you a really potent force on defence Mike Vrabel's obviously the head coach. He's a defensive guy. He was a linebacker. So I'm going to go Brian Burns. Nice. 
I think he would form a nice partnership with Harold Landry, both super speedy. You might be able to run on them a little bit um, moving forward, but I think you've got a super speedy edge rush duo there that can that can cause a lot of trouble uh, for teams down the line. Uh, so yeah, I would go Brian Burns. And he's another one that's really, really dropped. He's quite high on my board. Uh, I think he's a lot higher than 19, which obviously is his draft position in this scenario. Um, so yeah, they're getting a, a big bargain in my eyes at 19 there for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, definitely. I think this this would be an absolute bargain if he did fall that far and... I think he's quite an interesting case. I think he's one of these that could go... He's got quite a big range where he could go, but yeah, I think getting him at 19 would be a bit of a steal and probably one of the, probably one of them, if quarterbacks do go, then he is one that probably will drop a bit, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's he's kind of one that some people are super high on. I know that some people have got him... Uh, there's one particular person I'm thinking of that has him number one overall on his board wow. as an edge rusher. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, he's someone that a lot of people are invested in and, you know, that, that would be even more of a bargain in that person's eyes. Um, so, you know, if some teams have him above Josh Allen, then, uh, you know, he could go you know, as high as three to the Jets if, he, if they're one of that team, one of those teams, or if one of those teams trade up to number three. So, yeah, he's quite got quite a big range yeah. that we're talking about with Brian Burns. Yeah, I think if the Titans get him there, then, yeah, they've got an absolute steal. And I think it's mm. one of them you always just have to take, regardless of uh, what you what you really need. I think he's one of them, just take the best player there. And, yeah, I think he's probably the best player left at that stage. And, yeah, I really like that pick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, once once we're getting into this sort of range, you know, after 15, 16, you kind of, some teams will just be like best best player available. Yeah. So you're getting into teams that have got quite a decent roster now and don't necessarily have glaring needs and they can just take, take best player available and that would, you know, this is also the area where teams' boards are going to be a bit different as well. So you're going to get some, maybe some crazy picks at this point. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, what, 20 now are we uh, for the Steelers? I mean, I think the dream scenario for them is that Devin Bush falls all the way to 20 or they can move up a couple of spots and get him. But yeah, obviously he's gone earlier. My Alexa just kicked in. Okay. I, I assume that got picked up, so I'll just, yeah. <laughs> I'll just start again from the start of the season. Sure, sure. No worries. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so at twenty we are the, we're with the Steelers, and yeah, I think their dream scenario is that Devin Bush falls to twenty, or they can move up a couple of spots and get him. But yeah, also that didn't happen here. So I think yeah, they they got quite a few needs, I guess. But yeah, for for quite a, what you think of as a good team, I think they got quite a few needs. But yeah, I think this is maybe the spot that we see our first cornerback go. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be Byron Murphy at twenty to the Steelers. I think yeah, I think he'd be a good fit there, and I think. Yeah, he can help out there with something they need to address, I think. And yeah, I think he's the first call about taken. And yeah, I think not. he's pretty good value at 20, I think, getting him there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's my number one corner. Uh, he's, he's, a big, he's a big need for the Steelers. They've not drafted cornerbacks very well over yeah. the last few years, especially in the first round. Um, not 100% sure they would go for Murphy over Williams. I think Williams fits what they want, but nevertheless, I think it's a good pick. Um, yeah. For, for the Steelers at twenty, he's he's definitely the way that I would go if that was if that was how we were doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I think that maybe that's it. Maybe it is more that they would go um, the other way. But yeah, I think I think Murphy's the better of the two. And yeah, for mm. me, I think take him at twenty. And yeah, you got a pretty good cornerback there. And well, I think when we did the cornerback class, there, was, there wasn't tons and tons of talent, was there? There was sort of a, a few top high end players. And yeah, I think he's one of two or three, isn't he? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one of those, isn't it, where you've got if you want a cornerback in this draft class, you've got to take him early. Yeah. Otherwise, you you kind of getting into uh, territory where you've got to be either good at developing talent or you've got to get quite lucky with someone who yeah. develops quite quickly. So yeah, move on to the Seahawks. Now the Seahawks are quite weird. Obviously, they do some weird things in their drafts. Obviously, they took Rashad Penny in the first round last year. They took what was his name? That edge rusher, um, Rashan Golden. Yeah. No, Rasheem Green. Rasheem yeah. Green. They took him really early, and he was like a day three player for a lot of people. So they they kind of do some funny things. Uh, I think they don't really mind taking small school guys or people that you don't necessarily think might go as high as they do. Um, and one player who's he's a good player, but he definitely goes to a small school, is Nasir Adderley. Yeah. Uh, and obviously I think they need to kind of replace Earl Thomas on the back end. Um, their safety duo isn't, you know, it's Tedrick Thompson and Brad McDougald, and obviously that's not scaring anyone really. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Cam Chancellor out there in, on health reasons. And uh, yeah, I think Adderley can play either spot. I think he sees himself as more of a free safety, a deeper guy, and obviously that replaces Earl Thomas immediately. And I don't think Seattle will be really scared by his sort of level of competition playing from Delaware. And uh, he's, you know, like I say, he's, he's a good player, so I don't think it's a bad pick at all. No, I, I like, I really like Adderley. And yeah, I think that'd be a, a really good spot for him to end up. And yeah, I think the Seahawks will be getting a really good player there. As you say, they've got that need. And yeah, I think he would feel that. And I think he'd come in and do well sort of straight away. And yeah, I think that he'd be a really good pick for them after some mm. yeah weird first rounders, as you said. <laughs> um. Yeah, 22. I think it's quite a tough one because, I mean, my instinct is they sort of have to take some wide receivers, but I'm not sure that that's the way they go because, well, they sort of have to, I suppose. They have to go wide receiver, don't they? (laughs) I don't know who's their number one receiver right now. Willie Sneed, is it, or someone? I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) So, yeah, I think maybe they get someone who can, like, someone who can just go up and catch anything. So, mm. yeah, I'm going Kelvin Harmon at 22. I think I think maybe if he fell, I think this would be a spot for Metcalf if he did sort of fall a little bit. I think if I think this is about where he'd end up going as a floor. But, yeah, I think with him already gone, I think, um, yeah, I'm going for Kelvin Harmon, someone who can just catch anything you throw towards him. And I think that really helps a, a, um, a quarterback like Lamar Jackson because, you know, his throwing's not... Not his strength, is it? So yeah, yeah I, think, exactly. I think a receiver like Kelvin Harmon can really help him, and yeah, I think it's sort of they, they they have to give him some help, don't they? So yeah, I think they almost have to go wide receiver here, and yeah, I like Kelvin Harmon a lot. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. I think um, it's definitely an area where they they need to go, and obviously one player that Kelvin Harmon sort of been linked to and sort of been pretty similar to in the fact that he's not that athletic and the fact that he's not. Um, super quick or anything like that is Anquan Bolding. Yeah. And obviously he used to play for the Ravens. So I think that's something that they might sort of hark back to and sort of want that. You know, those safe pair of hands on third down where they're in a sticky situation. Uh, you can, like you say, throw it to someone who's not going to drop the ball. And um, yeah, Calvin Harmon's like that nice fit there for them. So yeah, I agree. That's quite a nice pick. Yeah, there might, there, there's probably so, wide receivers. Oh, sorry, better, there's probably, sorry, there's probably better wide receivers left maybe. But yeah, I think for what they need, I think he's a, a really good fit. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I like Nikhil Harriers for them as well. Yeah. Uh, one I've really liked uh, for the similar reasons. You know, he's got a big catch radius. Yeah. The the reason why I edge towards Nikhil Harry for for me personally, and this is if I was making the pick, not not necessarily the way we're doing it, is because I think you can work Nikhil Harry into their run game. Yeah. And uh, you know he he's he's not the quickest or most athletic 
wide receiver or runner with the ball in his hands, but he's super slippery and super competitive, and he's going to fight for those extra yards. And I think you could, they could be working him into to that sort of game there. Uh, but yeah, no nice pick. I like that one. So twenty three, and this is another one that's kind of it feels like a lock and a lock for this person really that's going to be there. Obviously, this is another bad offensive line. It's another quarterback yeah. who's been too beat up in his young career already. And uh, yeah, you need to if you're the Se- uh, sorry not the Seahawks the uh, Texans you need to you know, protect protect your asset protect your young quarterback back there and that comes with drafting a left tackle uh, and that's going to mean that Andre Dillard will probably be a Texan. Nice, yeah. It's as you say this is almost nailed on, isn't it? That they do that they uh, get some help there for uh, Watson because well. It- I can't remember the sack numbers, but it was ludicrous, wasn't it? Last it was season? like six, sixty-two or three, wasn't it? Something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't build a team like that, can you? He's just gonna get injured every other week, isn't he? In that, if it's like that, like I, I would if I was to Sean Watson and they didn't draft offensive line in the first round, I would be kicking off. <laughs> yeah, just sit out <laughs> for the season because you're probably going to be anyway after a couple of weeks. So yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a shame. Cause obviously, he's a great great quarterback. He's really talented, and you can't waste him by destroying him. No. It's kind of like self harm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels absolutely nailed on that they take some uh, line help and yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they're one of the candidates to move up if it comes to it. And yeah, I've, I think that's sort of nailed on one way or another. They they get some mm-hmm. offensive line help. Yeah, I think. Well, we want number twenty four for the Raiders again. Like like their first pick, I think it's quite open what they could do mm-hmm. here. There's a lot of needs, but I mean. Obviously, you can go some help for well Derek Carr or whoever the uh, quarterback might be, depending on how <laughs> things shake out early. But yeah, mate, that first pick, if, if they do something weird with that first pick, then well, I suppose maybe this pick could be the one that they use to do it. But if they if it, if they go with some sort of weird move for um, Murray early, then or someone like that early, then yeah, maybe they get some uh, help on offense here. But yeah, I think. I think there's some good good players left on defense and oh, oh yeah I'm, I'm oh, no I'm, I'm going for offense I'm going Noah Fant I think he's okay. yeah I, I think like yeah I'll, yeah I think it's a very Raiders move isn't it to <coughs> go offense there and yeah I think he's going to help out any offense straight away and I think there's a few teams coming up that would probably like to take him so I think they maybe take him here before some of them other teams get to him but. Yeah, Noah Fant at twenty four to the Raiders. I think he's such a such a good player and well, both of these Iowa tight ends I think are gonna mm. be gonna be amazing players in the league and yeah, I think at twenty four I think he's a player that can come in and help the offence straight away and all of a sudden you've got a very good group of players there, haven't you, on offence? On yeah, definitely. Positions. Definitely. I think that's a really good pick. Um yeah, someone that helps them out immediately. Uh gives Derek Carr or whoever that may be, like you say, yeah. just a just a big body over the middle to to kind of, you know, bring in any passes and Derek Carr, if it is him, he, he's not the greatest going deep as well, so that's working to his strengths as well. And and yeah, no, nice pick, nice pick for the Raiders, I think there. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So I think if I remember back, he was your number one tight end, wasn't he? He um, is. Yeah, it's very yeah. very close, but yeah. he is. He's my he's my number one tight end. Uh, just because I think that's the way that the game's going. The game's yeah, going to make tight ends. Obviously, these these just jumbo wide receivers really. And uh, yeah, no, I think I think that's a nice nice pick. Um, so yeah, the Eagles on the clock. Now the Eagles are another one where you kind of look through their their roster and you don't see like a, a huge amount of of big holes there. You know, if we work through their the sort of the four main positions that you want, obviously they've got Carson Wentz, who's a nice young quarterback who you know hopefully is going to be healthy this year. 
Uh, they've got left tackle, right tackle there sorted. Jason Peters and Lane Johnson are amongst the best you know, duos in the league. And then you've got a pretty solid offensive line otherwise. Um, you know, Jason Kelsey's probably the best centre, for example. Uh, on the defensive line, you've got some great players, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, he's probably got a little bit to prove to step up, but you know, you're not really complaining. They've still got that nice depth. They've got like so Chris Long, Vinnie Curry, um, you know, working through there. And then you've got to go to corner, I guess, and that's where they are lacking a little bit in the secondary. But again, you know, they cycled through quite a lot of corners last year and kind of a lot of defensive backs, and they kind of stepped up. You know, they've invested a little bit. They've got Sidney Jones, uh, they've got Jalen Mills, who, who's developed quite nicely after being a seventh rounder and obviously you know, in the uh, safety department they've just brought in Andrew Sandejo and they've still got Malcolm Jenkins so you know secondary is not like a crying need but they could go there so one thing that I think they could do is is you know just take a luxury pick to be honest with you um, and just give Castle Wentz like another weapon to go towards um, and that could mean that they obviously they've got Austin Jeffrey on the side they've got Deshaun Jackson to go deep they do have Nelson Aguilar but I think they could bring in like another kind of slot receiver. And I think they could go AJ Brown. I think the NFL is going to be a bit higher on him than a lot of people. And I know that he's got quite a lot of fans out there. But yeah, I'm going to go for AJ Brown. I think he kind of pushes Nelson Aguilar a little bit further down the pecking order and gives them this kind of inside-out receiver that they can mix up. And they can put Deshaun Jackson in the slot every now and then and push Brown outside. Whereas you can't really do that with Aguilar. Aguilar's yeah. like just become this sort of big slot receiver. And you kind of get that with AJ Brown and more. So yeah. I think given the fact that the Eagles have got a good roster, they're kind of roster who you would have thought would have gone a little bit further they can kind of like say just sit back take a luxury and sort of say what's going to make us better and i think aj brown does that i'm not i'm not as high on him as other receivers as we've as we spoke about yeah. um but yeah i think he's someone that the nfl will really like and yeah i think the, the eagles could go aj brown at 25 yeah i think that makes a lot of sense because i think yeah weird for a player that i don't know is last well close to full season he was maybe the leading MVP candidate or top two or three and yeah I think he's under a little bit of pressure now isn't he um, Wentz and yeah I think they perhaps give him a bit of help here and yeah I think I like that pick there a lot yeah um, well the Colts at 26 I mean last year's draft couldn't have gone much better for them could it and no yeah they knocked out of the park didn't they yeah so I think I think it's a spot that maybe they could look wide receiver but I think they do address that a bit later in the draft and yeah I think here I think Dexter Lawrence makes a lot of sense to me. I think he's a yeah, I think he's a really good player and I think well they added Justin Houston, haven't they? And I think adding Lawrence to that line as well. He's he's very good in on the interior and yeah, I think I think that's the way they go there. I think they address that side of things more than um giving luck help. But I think I think they will do that later on. But yeah, I think at this spot at the end of the first then yeah, I think Dexter Lawrence makes a lot of sense there and I think he's a player that'll do really well on that defence. Yeah, no, I agree. Like with the wide receiver class being like semi deep in the sort of middle middle of the range, you can kind of pick someone up. Obviously, they don't need a wide receiver one. They don't need yeah. to go too heavy on that. Obviously, they've got T. Y. Hilton uh, doing his thing for them on wide receiver. Uh, so yeah, you no, know, they can address that later on, like you say. Um, you know, just the pick is quite nice. It's uh, it fills a need for them. They've got Marcus Hunt uh, penciled in to play nose tackle, and he's a converted end as big yeah. as he is. He's not as girthy as Dexter Lawrence and. Uh, he's definitely going to be a true run stuffer at the nose tackle position for the Colts, and it gives them gives them a, you know locks that position down for the next decade, um, and they can build around what you know they drafted last year and the sort of defense that they're building. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I like him there, and I think he's a, yeah, I think it's a good fit. I think he yeah, it just makes a lot of sense for them there, and yeah, I think he'd do well on that defense. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, we've uh, swapped picks here, so yeah, you've you've, uh-huh. you've been doing odds, I've been doing evens, but yeah, you're you're doing the Chargers pick. So well, I've got the Raiders again. I'm making their three first round picks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're in control of the draft yeah. like they are. Each time I haven't been sure which way to go, so that's uh, great. So, <laughs> well, I think yeah, at twenty-seven, if you can get what might be the best cornerback in the on in the draft, I think yeah, it's hard not to take him. And Greedy Williams is still available, and yeah, I think I think Greedy Williams at twenty-seven is a good value pick, and say. So, it's another thing that they need to do, isn't it? Another place they need to address. And yeah, I Definitely. think quarterback for um, the Raiders, I think they'd be absolutely delighted if they could get him at 27, to be honest. No, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it gives them someone to pair with Gary on Conley, who they drafted a couple of years ago. Yeah. And you'll form like a nice young duo on the on the outside. They, you know, it's, we've just talked, oh, I've just talked about like the four cornerstone positions and, you know, in this. In this uh, in this pick, you've got you know one of those Greedy's a potential lockdown corner. He's a press man corner, um, and yeah, he brings that length and speed. And yeah, he's a really nice pick. I like the pick for the for the Raiders there. Third third really nice pick from from yourself from oh, all three Raiders picks. Thanks. Hopefully, hopefully Mayock's as good as me. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would bring me on to the Chargers. And I think if the board fell like this, Tom Telesco couldn't fill the card in quick enough. <laughs> Um, one of he's not sort of who I would think would drop there, but obviously the way that the boards fell, I'm I'm kind of writing off this player who I'm going to pick for the Chargers because I don't think he'll be there at 28 come come Thursday. Yeah. But it would be Christian Wilkins in this scenario, you know, nine times yeah, more than like, more than nine times out of <laughs> yeah. ten, ten times out of ten, I should say. Uh, he feels a massive need. He's a high character guy, and yeah, he's someone who before thought the declarations came out last year who was being mocked to the first round to the Chargers last year. And we still got that need. Uh, Corey Leach is obviously off the team at the moment. Whether he'll be re-signed is a different story. Uh, they brought back Brandon Rebain, so we don't need that nose tackle. Um, and then, yeah, we do need that three technique. So, yeah, Christian Wilkins would be the pick. Uh, and I don't think they'd wait too long to put this one in. <laughs> no, yeah, I think yeah, I think I agree with you. I don't think he necessarily falls this far. And, yeah, I'm not quite sure how he has managed to fall this far, really. But, yeah, I think he's... Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's... A great, a really good player, and yeah, I think they'd love to get him there. But it's one of those, like with the with the quarterbacks falling early, and then that has yeah. this knock on effect. It's that ripple effect, isn't it? You know, we've got four yeah. quarterbacks going in the top eleven picks, which you know, if if you and I were doing this scenario and this mock draft in how we would do it, wouldn't be anywhere near what what would happen. Well, there might like, there might be one taken the whole of the first round, I'd guess. Yeah, potentially. You know, it depends on you know, what would go down. But yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be anything like four in the top 11. So that does mean, this, like I said, this ripple effect happens and people drop. You know, you're getting Greedy Williams at 27. You're getting Christian Wilkins. You're getting Noah Fan at 24, which is yeah. a bargain for me. Brian Burns at 19. These are these are probably not going to, you know, go out like this if, if the board doesn't fall with four quarterbacks in the top 11. Yeah. Yeah, and well, say the quarterbacks sort of control the draft, don't they? Really, and exactly, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. So well, obviously, I'm picking again for the Chiefs at 29. Uh, back onto the odd numbers, uh, the Chiefs again. Like obviously, with this end of the draft now, the first round where we've got good teams picking. But one one glaring need I think for the Chiefs is cornerback. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Keenan Allen, obviously, charges wide receiver when we played the Chiefs. Uh, calls the Chiefs uh, cornerbacks do do one and do do two. <laughs> Obviously, doesn't rate them very highly, so it's definitely a, a, a place that they need to sort of strengthen on their team. 
Obviously, you've got Greedy Williams and Byron Murphy who are off the board at the moment, so that leaves me with a little bit of a, a little bit of a quandary. Uh, does it mean that it goes to corner, or does it mean that it goes to edge? Obviously, they've just lost D Ford and Justin Houston, so they've now got a need there as well. But so you're weighing it up. I'm kind of torn between two players really, and I'm torn between Clayton Farrell, uh, Edge, or DeAndre Baker at cornerback. And I think they go Baker in this yeah. in this situation. Um, I just think he kind of fits what they want to do. He's kind of that sticky man coverage guy, which is more valued in the NFL. And you can kind of pick up an edge guy uh, later on. Uh, obviously, he's not going to be as good as Farrell. But Farrell's not that speed guy either. He's not going to replace D Ford. He's going to be sort of more of an edge setter, more of an edge defender rather than a pass rusher. Uh, so I think they go Baker and uh, yeah, trying to give themselves a good a good corner to uh, stick with the good wide receivers that we'd have in the the AFC West. Yeah. Well, so I'm uh, keeping a little list of the players are taken, and I'd already put in Baker before you'd even picked him. So yeah, I totally agree with that pick. And yeah, I think it's. <laughs> They have to do something there, don't they? I think they have to address the position. And yeah, I think he is definitely a player that would make sense in that spot. Mm. Well, 30 for the Packers then. Um, well, as I said, I think, I said when I said the pick at 12, I think they'd do defence and maybe come back for offence later. And I think I think maybe their ideal scenario would be that Fant dropped or someone like him. But mm. yeah, I think they go for offence and yeah, probably give um, Rodgers a pass catcher and well there's a few good ones to pick from isn't there it's just Absolutely. Who, who they who they prefer but yeah I'm going to give him Harry um, I think he would do incredibly with uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> I think they, they could be incredible and I think I think yeah, I think Rogers has come in for a bit of criticism of late which he probably hasn't been used to for most of his career is he and yeah I think Say new, um, yeah. I think they give him some help there, and yeah, I think Harry would be a great player for them. And well, I think any wide receiver going to Green Bay is probably going to do quite well, aren't they? So oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think that's a dream scenario if you're a wide receiver that you end up getting drafted there. But yeah, I think yeah, one way or another, whether it's at twelve or thirty, they will give some help for Rogers. And I think thirty for Harry is a yeah good landing spot. And yeah, I think they're getting a good player at thirty and a player that will do well for them. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's, it'd form a nice partnership with uh, Devonte Adams, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it'd be a great uh, two, two big bodies, um, and then obviously you've got the, the wide receivers that they drafted last year as well yeah. um, to kind of fill out the roster and give them a really young core of wide receivers for Aaron to throw to. Which, yeah, we're really exciting for them. And yeah, like you say, they're going to give Aaron some help. They're going to pick up a tight end or a, a wide receiver in one of these picks, I'd imagine, yeah. and kind of you know refresh refresh what they're doing on offense, especially with their their new offensive minded head coach. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense in that position. So, as I say, I think Fan, if he was in that spot, I think, like you're saying with the charge, I think they'd be filling in that card in mm. about half a second and getting it in there because I think he would be incredible in that offence. But, yeah, I think with him gone, I think they look at wide receiver and yeah, it's just who they prefer, really. I think there's there's so many good choices left at this, at this spot in our draft. So, yeah, whoever they prefer, basically. But, yeah, Harry for me. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, like I say, it's a good pick. So moving on to the Rams at 31. So they've got, to me, they've got two real big needs, uh, one of which doesn't really fit the players that we've got left, which is Edge. Um, obviously, they've they've got Dante Fowler, uh, but they brought in um, Clay Matthews as well. I don't know if he's going to play inside or out. Uh, but So the best of the top edge left on my board now here is Cleon Farrell. Doesn't really fit a, a three-four system, to be honest with you. So obviously, moving away from that, I don't fancy him playing kind of like a defensive end in a four-three. Um, no, sorry, a three-four. I think he's more of a four-three guy. 
Um, so that makes me move towards interior offensive line because they've gone through a little bit of turnover and um, you know, lost the likes of uh, John Sullivan, Roger Saffold, and they're quite weak on that interior offensive line. And I think the back end of the first is a nice sort of spot for that position. So I'm torn between two players, and that's Eric McCoy and Chris Lindstrom. And to be honest with you, I think I'm going to go for Eric McCoy because he got off with that centre guard combo value, yeah. which means they can go, you know, draft another sort of interior guy later down the line, and they can sort of jig it about whichever way they feel like it. That might come down the line in training camp as well. And uh, yeah, so we're going to make him the the 31st pick over Chris Lindstrom. Yeah, I, I like that pick, and yeah, I agree with all your reasons on that because yeah, I think it's a thing that will move. Yeah, it's just. Prefer, but yeah, I like I like that pick at thirty-one, and yeah, I think he's does he does a good job for them and feels what they need to do. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're on the you're on the you're on the clock with your boys. Yeah, and well, I think the Patriots do some weird stuff, don't they? So it could go in a lot of ways. But I think I think the Patriots are definitely a team that could move up come draft day if they really like someone that's still there. They've got a lot of a lot of draft picks, and you mm. know. You can't really use all of them players, can you? So I think you could definitely a team that you could see package a couple of picks and move up a few spots, mm. or you know maybe they make some big move. But yeah, I think yeah if at thirty two, I mean other players that have gone just ahead, someone like Dexter Lawrence might drop a bit, and I think he's a player they could look at there. I mean I think a lot of drafts have them taking wide receiver, but I don't think a lot of mock drafts sorry have them taking wide receiver, but I don't think that's the way they'd go. I think that again. A bit like I said with um, the Colts, I think they'd rather just get someone a little bit later. Some of them later picks, maybe they'd use on receivers. So mm. it's a spot. There's well, there's one player that well, I think we both really like in Jeffrey Simmons still available, and <laughs> it's it's whether they would take him or whether they would be too worried about. Was obviously with Brady, he's got what two years max probably left. Mm. Whether draft a player like him would. Uh, not not be win now enough because well he might not even play this year isn't it <laughs> so but I think at thirty two if you can get a player like Jeffrey Simmons I think it's hard to pass up and yeah, I think the last pick of the first draft uh, first round I'm taking Jeffrey Simmons and yeah I think he's an absolute star and would be a bargain at thirty two because the Patriots first rounders don't seem to play ever anyway they always seem to pick up an injury in mm. training camp and not play so yeah Jeffrey Simmons at thirty two and I'm not hundred percent sure they'd make that move but I would absolutely love it if uh, they come out of the draft with. With him there at thirty two and yeah, absolute star of the future I think. Yeah, definitely. I like probably the biggest bargain of the first round with the last pick. Yeah. Uh you know, it's it's a brilliant pick. I think it's something that New England would do. It's they don't seem to shy away from from red flags you know, as much as other teams. Not in my sort of mind anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know obviously you're you're a fan, you'd probably know more than me. Uh but yeah, no, I think it's a really nice pick. They've got a lot of options there if the ball if the board fell like this, there's a lot yeah. of good players still left. You know, for the start of the second round, um, and yeah, no, it's a great pick. I think he's going to be a dominant player when he does actually see the field, which could be towards the end of the end of the first season, end of this season coming. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, and yeah, who knows? It might just be he might be back for a playoff run and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. help out there. But yeah, I think at thirty two, so I think honestly, I think it's more the the injury issue and whether it's whether they would want to just waste that sort of first pick on someone that might help. Mm. Win sooner, but yeah, I think at thirty-two, if you could get him there, I think I think all these teams at the end of the first round, I think he's going to be in consideration, and yeah, I think he's an absolute bargain and someone who teams will absolutely be delighted that they drafted in a year mm. or two's time. 
Definitely, definitely. I mean, he's going to be a dominant force, I think. And yeah, to get him with the thirty-second pick, you know, injury aside, he, you know, if he was coming into this draft fully healthy with probably a good combine behind him, he'd be going top ten. So you know, yeah. to get him thirty-two is is massive. Yeah, and we've seen other teams get these sort of players. We see we see it all the time, don't we? That they end up dropping, and then and this is sort of the spot that they tend to go. Normally, it's that start of the second round, but. You know, it's not too much different, is it? It's only a few picks away. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think if you get him here, say, as I say, the only doubt in my mind is that they might go a bit more for like a win now type player. Like, I don't know who that might be, but yeah, say lots of uh, talk of wide receivers. But yeah, for me, I don't think it's wide receiver at this spot. Mm. But yeah, I think um, yeah, Jeffrey Simmons at thirty-two. I love that pick. Yeah, and the, the other thing to remember, obviously, in, in the first round, you're getting that fifth-year option as well. And obviously, yeah. if he's going to lose, the, you know, the vast majority of his first year. Then you're going to get, you know, an extra year anyway. You're going to still going to get that control of that you would get with picking him in the second round, say. Yeah, yeah, and well, I guess I guess that wraps up our, our mock draft. Well, our only mock draft of the of the year, but yeah, I think I, I quite like how that's played out. Say, I think there's some picks in there that I wouldn't um, particularly like if they actually happen, but I think they are possibilities. And hmm. well, there's still some good players left on this board, isn't there? Going into what would be Absolutely. day two. Yeah, definitely. I think the the likes of the teams that are picking at the top of the second, um, they would be you know going to bed on the Thursday evening, very very happy and looking forward to picking another good player. Yeah, well, I think I think maybe the sort of biggest thing is that there's no running backs been gone off the board just yet mm. for us, and well, obviously it's going to be Jacobs probably the first taken. Do you think? Yeah, he, I would do, so. do you think he'd be one of the next few picks coming up? One of these teams will be taking him or? Yeah, I think he'd be he'd be in the top five or six. Uh, obviously, I think we're looking at like the books and the Raiders, perhaps as uh, as teams to sort of earmark for him uh, early in the second. So yeah, I think he. I don't think we're waiting too long. Uh, but you know, with with John Howard now being at the Eagles, um, I don't think there's many opportunities for him to go in the first. I think no. the other one is the Raiders at the end with one of those picks in the twenties. But I think they can sit back and I think they can sort of look at the teams that pick after the twenty seventh pick. You know, you've got the yeah. Chargers; they're not going to take Jacobs. Packers aren't going to take Jacobs. The Chiefs may. Yeah, that, um, that was you know, one I had down. Kareem Hunt is is not there anymore. Yeah. But I think they like Daryl Williams quite a lot, and Damian Williams is there as well. They picked up Carlos Hyde, so yeah, I don't think they're sort of nailed on. I think they've got more pressing right. needs. Obviously, he didn't really when I was on the 29th pick. Obviously, I didn't mention it. And it wasn't really my thinking. No. Obviously, the Rams, as much as Todd Gurley, obviously has got this arthritis problem. I don't think they're going to take him. I don't think they're going to give up on on Todd Gurley and, and panic too much. Unless there is something seriously yeah. wrong, and obviously, if they did go Jacobs with a thirty-first pick or any other running back with a thirty-first pick, it would sound alarm bells for Todd Gurley. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, a big sign, wouldn't it? If they're taking a running back there, then massive, yeah, Gurley's yeah, probably definitely. not playing many more games in his career. Exactly. Yeah, which would be a massive shame, obviously, as well. And then, obviously, just to finish off, the Patriots obviously aren't going to take him after taking. Um, I totally blanked on Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, yeah, yeah. last year, obviously in the first, and obviously they've got that sort of running back stable where they've got quite a few that they cycle through for different reasons and situations in a game. I don't think Jacobs is going to go there either. Yeah, the, the, yeah, as you say, there's not many spots for him, and yeah, I think maybe it probably fits more this start of the second round, doesn't it? Yeah, and even you know if we, if we go through the teams that are going to pick before him in the second, you know the Cardinals, the Niners, the Jets again, none of those need a running back. So yeah, the Raiders could sit pretty. Uh, you know, early in this, the uh, second round, and probably taking there. Yeah. Well, and what, what, we end up with like four quarterbacks taking the top eleven. Mm. Do, you mm. think, do, you, what, do you think that's too many come draft night, or do you think that is how it will play out? Do you know what? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be totally shocked. There's yeah. quite a lot of teams that need a quarterback right now, um, and 
you know, there's a couple that we kind of locked in, aren't we? Obviously, we know or we think we know that Callum is going number one, and then we, yeah. we're quite we're quite certain that Drew Lock is definitely in the thinking for the Broncos. Yeah. Obviously, the, the scabbing pace with Daniel Jones, and then we've we've heard a lot about Dwayne Haskins. So the yeah. picks that we've made between us, they're not there's not outlandish. We're not like going totally off the wall. No. And um, yeah. so I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it doesn't happen either, because no. there's, a, there's a lot of smoke without fire in these situations, yeah. and especially four or five days before the draft, but. Yeah, no, I think I think we we could be close, yeah. you know, in in our thinking on, on a few of these picks, uh, quarterback wise, especially. Yeah, it feel like a disaster, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it is a realistic disaster that mm. could uh, happen. Mm. And, yeah, it'd be a very interesting kind of draft night, but yeah, I think I think that that Giants pick at six is such a big thing for this whole draft, and it's pivotal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think the rest of the draft is just going to play out based on that. So mm. yeah, that one's a very interesting pick, but well. That wraps up our mock draft. I think we're going to be back what next week or week after with a, a review of the draft. And yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be so good. Look forward to yeah, that. Definitely. But, well, I can't, can't believe we've come to the end of our pre-draft <laughs> coverage. It's, what's this episode eleven now? I think. But yeah, it's been a, a real, real good fun. And yeah, thanks for coming on and doing this. With no, me. absolutely. Yeah, no, it's been it's been real it's been real fun for me uh, working through all these with you. It's been yeah, it's been nice. Thanks for having me. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, say. Well, hopefully next year we can do something similar again. And mm. yeah, say I've really enjoyed doing these breakdowns, and yeah, I think they're quite re- well received. So yeah, it's going down well. Um, well Excellent. Where, where can people find you? So yeah, my usual home is over at the Full Ten Yards Podcast. Uh, obviously, find us Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you want to sort of search for podcast. You can find us, uh, and obviously we're working through our pre-draft process and our, our draft coverage at the moment uh, we've done an offensive podcast and a defensive podcast this week which I thoroughly enjoyed uh, being a kind of defense first person and we'll be doing sort of a, a draft sort of preview uh, sorry review once we once we've had the draft next week so yeah if you like the draft stuff that we're doing over at uh, first and ten then come over at the full 10 yards and, and sort of listen to what we're doing there's quite a lot of content going out on the website uh, as well which is uh, draft related as well so yeah come and visit us nice um yeah, so you can find us. We're um, on Twitter at first and ten underscore, and on Facebook first and ten. I think we're going to be doing something for the draft. I'm not quite sure what. Whether doing some sort of live thing, I don't really know. Ross is sorting that out anyway. But yeah, we, we, I'm sure we'll, we'll let you know on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. So yeah, follow follow all of them. And yeah, well, I can say from now this when this comes out, we'll uh, probably be a couple of days away from the draft. So mm. yeah, it's um, yeah very interesting time. And yeah, maybe not sort of the high-end talent that other drafts have had, but I think some very interesting players and a lot of a lot of picks that can go a lot of different ways. I think that's sort of quite good come draft night when it's not sort of so nailed on where teams are going to go. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm looking forward to it as, as always. But yeah, you know, as it draws closer, it's... Uh... Yeah, it gets even more exciting, doesn't it? And all the rumours start coming out as we've been discussing and uh, it gets a bit crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Well, so, well, Thursday night it all kicks off, so yeah, I'm sure... I'm sure we'll both be uh, watch along, but well, until next week when we do our review. Well, see you later, Lou. Yep, see you now. Take care. See ya. I don't wanna drown no more. Sick of the same old people. Kind that'll sell your soul. Trade it for a shining stone. Ain't nothing in this life for free. Running from the greatest evil Finally don't know me A man's gotta fight temptation Evil